Welcome to the Pastor on the Beach podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Amlin, pastor at Lutheran Church of the Resurrection in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And each week, I will be sharing a message from our worship services right here via this podcast. I hope you'll consider subscribing and share the podcast with your friends. We all need to hear words of hope once in a while. Well, thanks for listening. Here's this week's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. For context, this verse continues in our series of Jesus interacting with the religious leaders, but comes ever so slightly after at a time when the religious leaders are trying to find a way to entrap Jesus. So here we go. The Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, whose head is this and whose title? They answered, the emperor's. Then he said to them, give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed and they left him and went away. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So we are nearly at the climax of the story in Matthew's gospel. Jesus has entered Jerusalem to shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna. Remember this? There it is, thank you. Thanks from the back row. Yeah, and he's gone to the temple courtyards and he has overturned the tables of the money changers, the people who were trying to extort the religious faithful. He's been debating with these religious leaders now for what seems like weeks and telling parables to make a few points, most of of which are you've got it wrong and you don't understand what God is trying to do here. And things are reaching a boiling point in Matthew's gospel. And this has brought together two groups that normally would not do anything together. They would certainly not join forces. The Pharisees, religious leaders, and the Herodians, the governing body of Jerusalem. They partnered to trap Jesus with a question. If Jesus tells the people they should not pay taxes, well, he's inciting an uproar. If Jesus answers that the people should pay taxes, the people that are following him are gonna be like, and maybe they'll leave, right? So they're hoping that they've got the perfect question to trip up Jesus. The coin Jesus holds in his hand, he asks for a coin. A denarius has the image, the likeness of Caesar on it. Caesar, the Roman emperor, stamped into the coin. According to author and theologian David Loos, there's more going on here than meets the eye. As long as along with that image is engraved a confession of Caesar's divinity, which means that any Jewish person holding the coin is breaking the first two of the commandments. 
When they heard Jesus' response, we're told the Pharisees and the Herodians were amazed. And what? Stayed there and listened some more? No, they went away. They went away. Let's try that thing that we did in children's time again. Turn to somebody close to you, maybe somebody different. You might have to turn around or whatever. And just tell them, you are made in the likeness of God. You are made in the likeness of God. There's a few different directions that a preacher could go with this text. And you might have guessed already that I'm going to go with the one about the likeness. Likeness. The image that Jesus refers to in his exchange with the Pharisees and the Herodians. This likeness. Lose also suggests a connection to Genesis 1.26. See if this rings a bell. Let us make humankind in our image, in our own likeness, according to our likeness. Likeness, or as in the Greek original text, icon, but it's spelled I-K-O-N, but it still means the same thing, right? You know what an icon means. Is used in the, this Genesis text, and it's also used in this text in Matthew today. Interesting. Jesus knows what he's doing. He's calling his people back to their roots, to the image in which they are made. God's image, not Caesar's. What does it mean to you and to me that we are made in this icon or likeness of God? What does it mean that your primary identity was given to you in baptism? You are a child of God. What does it mean that you are called stewards or managers of all that God has entrusted to you to bear the icon, the likeness or image of God. In our reading from 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For in spite of persecution, you received the word with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all believers. What does it look like these days to model the image of Christ, the icon in our world? Two news stories. Sunshine, lovely name for a young girl. Sunshine's grandmother watched her five-year-old granddaughter empty her piggy bank onto the floor. She counted out the coins and the bills that she found there. Now, Grandma thought her granddaughter was just playing around. But then Sunshine proceeded to put all the money into a bag, a Ziploc bag, and then into her backpack. So Grandma decided to ask what was going on. And the little girl said that she was taking the money to her school for her friend because her friend doesn't have money for snack time at school. She doesn't get milk every day like I do. Her mom doesn't have any snack money, but I do. The next morning they drove to school and sunshine, good to her word, took the $30 she had in coins and cash and she put it into her friend's school account 
so that she would be sure to get milk every day. Second story. After wildfires ravaged large areas of California, this story popped up in the Washington Post. Nine-year-old Lauren Jade Smith was one of thousands of residents of Santa Rosa, California, dealing with the aftermath of the fires. Her family lost literally everything, nothing left but rubble. They lost their house, they lost their cars, they lost everything they had, including Smith's collection of Major League Baseball stuff. Baseball cards, jerseys, a signed baseball. One that was signed by Ricky Henderson. If you're a baseball fan, you know what that is. Jade wrote a letter to his team, the Oakland A's, to ask if it would be possible for him to get a new signed ball. But he got more than he bargained for because not only did the Oakland A's provide a signed ball, but they reached out to every team across the major leagues and offered them the opportunity to send along some memorabilia, some autographed things, some cards, baseballs, jerseys, and so on. Then the A's reached out and said, we'd like to have you come to our training facility and play catch. So Jade went and played catch at the training facility and was overwhelmed by the amount of things that were waiting for him. But the story gets better. Recognizing that these gifts that Jade was receiving far exceeded anything that he ever had before and were way more than he could ever use in his life, and remembering that all of his buddies that he played with after school lost everything they had as well, he invited them along. Jade invited his buddies to join him, and he shared all that he had with the others. I saw a picture full of smiling faces that went with the story. Perhaps for a little while, these young people were able to forget the tragedy that they had been through. What does it look like to live in the image of Jesus in our world today? I'd say it looks like buying milk for your friend at school or sharing the goods all the baseball memorabilia with your friends. It looks like a kid who got way more than he expected or deserved and shared it with others who were suffering. How we tend the gifts of time, talent, and treasure that we have is up to us. We're entrusted by God. God gives it to us first. In the coming weeks, we're going to hear stories from your friends, fellow members here at Resurrection, about what it looks like to live into the image of God with gratitude for God's blessings, for living as those made in the image of God. Each of us, each of you, are made in the image of Christ, and you are that image for the rest of the world. The love that you share, the forgiveness that you model, the passion you show for your faith can be like the little girl who buys milk for her friend or the little boy who shares the bounty with his buddies. Each of you has a story to tell, a story of a God who loves you enough to go to the cross for you so that your sins can be forgiven. Each of you has a story to tell of hope, the hope that you've been given in Jesus Christ 
It may not make the newspaper and it may not even make a Facebook news feed, but I believe all have within us the power to live lives of gratitude because of what God has first given to us in grace, mercy, and love. Turn to somebody again and say, you are made in God's image. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope that this week's message has given you something to think about and given you hope that you are loved by God. To learn more about Lutheran Church of the Resurrection, please visit GoResurrection.com. If you'd like to support this podcast or any of the amazing ministries at Resurrection, please visit our website giving page. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Pastor on the Beach podcast. Mm -hmm.